0: I'm Dr. C and welcome to my office hours. So today we're going to be talking about Captain America and particular Steve Rogers and the idea of him as the people's hero or a people's hero. And we'll elaborate a little bit more on that in just a minute. So let's begin with a bit of an orientation. Barry, what do you know about Steve Rogers, the original Captain America? Uh,
1: Steve Rogers is... Is he Italian American?
0: Irish. Is he supposed to
1: be Irish? His parents oh, okay, were okay. Irish
0: American, and I think the implication is that he is Catholic in the comics. Um, I see. At least I've I read see. some some like source some um, wiki material that suggests that that's the case.
1: In general, like in terms of this idea of of him being the the people's hero, I think an important part of his story arc is 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 his origins as kind of a working class. Uh, uh, character that becomes transformed and that that his outlook and his um heroism is from this standpoint as having been from a working class people's type of person right
0: right right so um just sort of getting down on that one of the things that we have to remember when we talk about captain america a a lot of folks um especially steve rogers in particular a lot of folks know that he was created in 1941 he was created by uh By uh, uh, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, Um, they Mm -hmm. were Jewish Americans, and we talked about this before Mm -hmm. with uh, Rabbi Lynette on here, Uh, and this idea of Cap was explicitly an indictment of America's failure to engage uh, in war with Nazis, right, because he was published in 1941, the World War II had gone on for a little while at that point already, and so he was basically uh, their answer to a lack of U.S. involvement. And also to the fact that there were a lot of pro Nazi sympathizers in the United States. Right.
1: Yeah. It was a really political stance for them to take. Yeah.
0: Right. For more on that, folks should look up the German American Bund. And in particular, actually, Barry, this is not a bad time for a plug. You and I did a discussion on the gathering of the German American Bund and was it Madison Square Garden? Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Right. No. And, and I even interviewed a, a director of a short film uh, that that kind of revived the archival footage of that um, of that rally that took place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something to the tune of uh, almost 30,000. Um, uh, Nazi sympathizers in the United States Gathered yep. in Madison Square Garden uh, In 1939 uh, All kinds of iconography with George Washington And Adolf Hitler and swastikas and all that kind of stuff uh, Yeah,
1: and, and they even uh, You know, they, they beat up their Token Jewish guy at the the rally, too, it was yeah, great,
0: yeah. I think I think it was uh, I mean,
1: by great, I mean, actually terrible. I, I'm being very sarcastic. I just need to make sure that uh, usually, I've found that when people can't see my face, yeah, they can't pick up on my sarcasm very well. So I just need to make it clear, not great,
0: yeah, just but to be great in the ironic sense in case this needs to be articulated, we oh. firmly hate Nazis <laughs> here on this podcast. <laughs> That is a stand people very comfortable taking. Um, Anyway, so and actually to your point, the thing about that is it was a uh, it was a local Jewish worker. I want to say he might have been like a dock worker uh, or something along those lines. And credit to this guy, he storms the stage. Right. And the police catch him and haul him off, but not before he gets violently assaulted by, you know, other Nazis and and that kind of thing. So but credit to that guy for, you know, having the the gumption to to do that. Um, Anyway, moving forward. Uh, quite famously, Captain America, issue number one, um, Steve Rogers is just clocking Hitler in the jaw, right? But something that often gets left out of these uh, discussions is the fact that many of Captain America's original enemies – were what they referred to as at the time fifth columnists these were subversives these were people who were americans or had associations with the united states but were nazi sympathizers many of which were like corrupt industrialists many of which were uh one of the early ones was a um one of the first i think the first iteration of the red skull was a man who not Johann schmidt from uh who we know now as the red skull as sort of the enduring figure but uh he was the owner of like an airplane industry that uh, the airplanes were crashing and stuff like that and they were being sabotaged. Turns out he was behind it, that kind of thing. Mm. Cap was taking on uh, the sort of industrialist corporate bosses uh, on behalf Mm. of those who were being suffered, who were suffering, right? And so this is a theme that has resonated throughout Captain America's time, Uh, in particular in Civil War and the core issues of Civil War and the last issue, which Civil War was used as propaganda for the Patriot Act and things like that, which we could talk about another time, um, that is worthy of its own conversation. But essentially, in the last issue, Cap surrenders to the pro-human registration, the pro-superhero registration side, which, for those who are not familiar, Civil War was over the idea of, like in the movies, whether or not superheroes and those with powers should have to register with the federal government and become agents of the federal government, and Cap was against this. Um, Right. In the comics, he says, you know, what happens when they tell us who the bad guys are, that kind of thing. And so he surrenders because the everyday like ground level people are suffering. Right. They are the collateral damage. And it hurts Caps so much that they're the ones who are suffering. They're the ones who are dying. They're being you know, crushed under rubble. In fact, they even start fighting the superheroes themselves. They start fighting the anti-registration side because the idea being if you guys would just surrender, we could survive. But as it's happening, this conflict, this war between the powered communities um, is tearing the world apart. Uh, and, and is doing real harm and real damage. And so Cap sympathizes and he stops. And so what was really uh, frustrating is that in the MCU, which I like their version of Captain America, don't get me wrong. I like that version of Steve Rogers. What was really frustrating was the fact that um, Cap has always been a national, uh, a global, and at times a you know galactic hero. But he's always had a sensibility for the common person because He was the son of Irish immigrants um, born in a, you know, poor background in New York, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they don't really show that sensibility, at least in my perspective, in the MCU.
1: I mean, how is it manifested then if it's if it's not if they're not utilizing this kind of working class background, this
0: more common people's perspective? So they get they hint at it a little bit. Um, They hint at it with uh, his relationship with Sam Wilson. Right. Uh, who is a African-American veteran uh, and, you know, they form a friendship, friendship, uh, much like they do in the comics. Although I would point out that that's also an interesting connection because in the comics, Sam is not a veteran. He's not associated with the military at all. He's actually a social worker uh, mm. who fights crime as the Falcon in order to do what he cannot do in his capacity as a social worker. But, you know, he's someone who's very much invested that's in his community. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not unlike Daredevil. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the system only goes so far, so sometimes you need a little bit of vigilante justice to sort of correct it a little bit. That's the idea. Um, but they retconned that, or they changed that, I should say. It's not a retcon. It's a change or for the adaptation for the MCU where Sam is actually a veteran instead. And so even that sort of keeps Cap inside of this um, bubble of exposure yeah. to the outside world, right? When he does interact with people on the outside, they're still you know veterans. Mm-hmm. Which again, not knocking it, but I'm saying that's a choice. The other component of it is that he, um, uh, when he starts hosting group therapy in Infinity War, or in game, mm-hmm. excuse me, right? So at the end of uh, Infinity War, when the snap happens and everyone goes away, or at least you know half the the universe's population goes away, Sam goes away, and he, uh, we see in in game that. Uh, Cap is leading a group therapy session and that's him connecting with people, but that's also like five minutes in a movie Right in five minutes in one movie when for some of the others when you talk about like Civil War or Age of Ultron or any of the other movies that he's in you don't really see that
1: yeah well and and you don't really see how this connection that he's creating with regular people who are affected Is informing his choices later on right like it's just like it's a it's an instance um I, i guess similar to the idea of the the save the cat narrative trope where like you you get your hero to um early on when you're developing their character and trying to introduce them to the audience and and help them understand like who this person is that you know uh you get them to like save a little kid from falling out of a tree or something like that real quick or Mm. or or be really compassionate to an innocent character of some sort whether that's a little kitten or or a kid or something like that to to tell the audience you need to like this person because they care about people who can't take care of themselves in some capacity who are innocent right yeah and and like i see that that scene of him doing the group therapy as simply just that sort of it it's a story device to tell you here's how captain america is coping right now and it's we're showing you this so that you are sympathetic to him yeah that it, to, to maintain your allegiance to him not because it's going to inform us anything more about his new strides as a superhero or what he's going to accomplish later on or how he's going to approach what he does like that doesn't actually change mm-hmm. it's just a device to gain your allegiance or maintain it.
0: Yeah, yeah. To to briefly acknowledge that he is, in fact, human, but not in a way that we see guiding his sort of moral compass and his capacity as a superhero. Yeah, right. I think what would have been really useful, really helpful, in terms of Captain America, would have been if there had been little vignettes, maybe, uh, throughout the the you know the first couple phases of, M- of the MCU, where you see Steve Rogers just deal with day-to-day life because he is a man out of time, right? Yeah. And there's always this, there's been this repeating question throughout the Captain America comics in his civilian life, or even as a superhero, what is his relevance anymore? When the character was brought back uh, in the 60s for the Avengers team, right, when he's discovered by the Avengers and they, you know, thaw him out of the ice and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, there's this perpetual question of like, am I even important now? Is is the man that I was necessary or even useful in this time? Yeah. Right. There's a great yeah. scene in one of the comics, oh, I forget when it was, I would say nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, where Cap is leaving a theater and he overhears some audience goers, like they see like a poster for Captain America, like a movie or something like that. And yeah. they're like, Why do we keep celebrating this guy? Like he's just an old fuddy duddy. Like what's he, you know? <laughs> That kind of thing. And he's like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe I don't belong here. And so some some slices of life kind of uh, pieces would have been really helpful to sort of flesh that out. Because that would also give Cap an opportunity to do things like grapple with the modern issues of the day. Um, yeah. When he joined the military, uh, segregation was still very much a thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. uh, not to mention all the things, all the the sexism and the homophobia and all that kind of stuff. And it would have been nice to have seen uh, a, a Steve Rogers interact with those social issues in particular because uh, it could have been evidence uh, of a truth that we often ignore when we talk about people of their time. And that is that multiple perspectives have always existed throughout mm-hmm. history. Right. The history of slavery is. Uh, fraught with people who were fighting against slavery for a variety of reasons, some of which were noble, some of which were absolutely not. Um, there's a quote from um, Emerson, who was a, a you know the notable abolitionist and poet and transcendentalist mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, where I think it's in the book he wrote english traits i want to say and i'm paraphrasing here but he says essentially you know we shouldn't be involved in slavery because it's beneath us as a civilized people right he doesn't care about the plight of uh africans or their descendants he right, just thinks right, right, it's right. it's too dirty a business for civilized white people to be involved in right which is a yeah it's abolitionism but it's still a terrible perspective to have um yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: right <laughs> so <laughs> like uh Not great motivations towards what is supposed to be an admirable goal anyway, but the idea of like, yeah, we could have seen that cap was a forward thinking person from his own time. And those people absolutely existed, right? And that's particularly relevant for a couple of reasons. One cap was envisioned, at least in my perspective, and there's a few different perspectives about this that are reasonable, you know, reasonable minds may disagree on this. Um, but that he was meant to be an ally to the Jewish community, right? Not mm-hmm. being Jewish himself, although that opportunity was certainly there uh, later on, obviously at the time they uh, Kirby and Simon weren't about to make um, Steve Rogers into, uh, you know, a member of the Jewish community because of probably the Sigma associate at the time. But take him as written. He is a powerful example of an ally of someone who can advocate for uh, minority communities. Yeah. So let's actually see that happen. Right. And the the second point that I want to I want to make is that so these movies are coming out in the the late twenty teens into in throughout the twenty teens, right? And we're also seeing the sort of resurgence in the real world of white nationalism, of uh, fascist inclinations, things like that. Uh, yeah. There for the last five years, we have seen dramatic upticks in terms of white nationalist activity and the recruiting efforts, things like that. But that has been going back, you know, at least a decade and a half at this point and sort of the the new wave of it. And so it would have been very meaningful to have seen this representation of the United States of America, which is who he's supposed to be. Although we can complicate that in just a little bit, Uh, this representation of America, like giving a damn about common Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) <laughs> for mm-hmm, lack of a better mm-hmm. term and understanding the common people is a very diverse group of people, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's the opportunity to turn Captain America into and and certainly especially with the context of that first issue and the, you know, this idea of Captain America taking on Nazis. Uh, He was designed to actually do that to actually comment on like what is America and and Mm -hmm. what what are the values that America actually represent and and how does that play into the current political climate that the country is facing where we're flirting with fascism and you know at the time you you had uh, kind of alluded to this but um, you know the the. at the time that uh, we were engaging in all this, we, you know, we had a decade or so of, you know, the, the corporate leaders of America actually trying to figure out how profitable fascism could be, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like, if, if we were to lobby the government and turn this turn fascism into a thing in the United States, like how much more power could we have to do what we want to do, you know, and um it, like, uh it, Captain America kind of grapples with that it seems, but it it we never like fully take on like so what are the american values who 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 are the the Americans we're representing here and and right. how do we represent their interests and um how do we grapple with the complicated nature that America really is its origins or even just its current like uh <laughs> uh the the complicated makeup that we are right as as a people and and who's considered american who's not who's considered a um a, as you've talked about it like a hyphenated uh a, an american identity and so on and mm-hmm. um it's just something that if if captain america is going to and maybe i'm just restating what you what you, you the point that you made but like if if captain america is going to have these origins that are supposed to be meaningful um why aren't we seeing that play out, right? Rather sure. than just like Captain America taking on these large, uh, uh, sort of uh, artificial uh, bad guys that are unrelatable and don't really press on some of the issues that that we deal
0: with. They tried to address some of that stuff with uh, Falcon Moon, and Winter Soldier, right? So with sure. Uh, Steve Rogers handing off the shield to Sam Wilson and him becoming, you know, the black Captain America uh, or just Captain America who happens to be black, that kind of thing. And they address issues of race and they talk about Isaiah Bradley and the experimentation Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. African-Americans, that sort of stuff. And I think that would have been more meaningful if we had seen Captain America actually be involved with marginalized communities in a meaningful way. And for it to sort of like dawn on him, like, oh, this is you know i i come to represent a version of america but it is not universal, universally applicable right
1: yeah i mean unfortunately it it turns into um in spite of its uh you know uh in spite of its origins captain america does become a symbol inadvertently or on purpose i don't know uh it uh, captain america becomes a symbol of the the version of white america that um it is this unspoken norm right that Mm -hmm. that we just kind of are led to accept as just the way america is when there's it it never fully confronts that
0: and so that's just it if he is uh if he happens to turn into or if you know, he evolves into this, this representation of a particular version of America that does not speak to everyone's existence. Who is the Captain America for the marginalized people, right, for the marginalized communities? Now, we might make the case that, well, that's Sam Wilson now, um, although he has the dual responsibility of being Captain America for the entirety of the United States, in addition to those from marginalized communities, which is its right. own Right, it, it places
1: the burden of, marginalized, of, of the issues of marginalized communities on – people of color again it's like well that's your responsibility that's not my problem right like that right. Uh, yeah the the white captain america got to deal with living uh around all that without having to confront any of it whereas yeah. um you know it we, we have to wait around for a person of color to take on that mantle to actually address those issues and uh, again playing into the mm-hmm. the very uh tropes and um stereotypes of Uh, white america that uh, is a common problem right
0: right and again without much of a justification beyond i think that sam wilson is worthy of the shield which sam wilson absolutely is um but that motivation is important because as people develop relationships with these characters uh and they internalize those messages and we think about real world applications of these of these feelings um it's increasingly uh, abundantly clear that people from the mainstream, people from dominant uh, white American society would benefit from a more conscientious Captain America for lack of a better term. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, how? uh, and and maybe this is just re uh, again, restating the point that you're making, but like uh, how much more meaningful would it be to have uh, a white Captain America like his, his, um, He's the guy that is willing to confront American identity and mm-hmm. is willing to take on the burden of parsing these things out mm-hmm. and inter- interrogating what American identity really is and, and what it means to be, you know, uh, a representation of America and, and have to grapple with what uh, limitations there are in, in his physical Mm. identity and and how that how that play interplays with uh systems of power and so on
0: and this is why i think and disney if you're listening uh because i'm sure you are because yeah kevin feige we're we're, feel free we're on their their radar right exactly kevin feige feel free to reach out um uh this is why i have a a pitch for a spinoff series from falcon and the winter soldier because here's the thing we don't know if uh steve rogers is dead like he doesn't have an on-screen death, and they just huh. reference that he's not yeah. a. They just reference he's not around, right. right? We don't know in what capacity. And so what I'm saying is, like to dovetail off of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Steve somehow or another finds out about Isaiah Bradley, right? Yeah. Uh, and goes to like talk to him. Isaiah Bradley ain't having it because he don't care, and what was done was done. And it was horrific and terrible. And yeah, Steve wasn't involved, but you know what? It was in done in his name. Uh, And as they're talking, because all old people have, like, cable news on in the background. If they have cable, cable news is on in the background, right? At all times. (laughs) And so, like, they see some sort of, like, Charlottesville rally thing happen, right? And uh, some sort of, like, Unite the Right sort of equivalent. And then they both get pissed about it. And that is a start to a new series where these two old men go around the country punching uh, Proud Boys and White Nationalists <laughs> at different <laughs> rallies protesting and just throwing hands and uh, and along the way become like, you know, close friends or, or at least like workable partners or something along those lines. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a, it's a buddy comedy with um the, you know, Steve Rogers and Isaiah Bradley punching, you know, American Nazis. That's, that's my idea. So I, I could get behind that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I I think that they missed an opportunity with uh, Steve Rogers um, in in the MCU with having him. Uh, or they should have had him on the ground level interacting with people, grappling with the social issues of the day, that kind of thing. At least that would have made a more informed um, depiction of when he hands off the shield to Sam and and would have served as really good pro-social propaganda for people who may feel disaffected by society and turn to characters like Captain America, uh, who, as it stands, could, with some reason, um, twisted reason but still reason uh, man- manipulate him into a version that is uh, anti-social so
1: well and i think on that like uh it, considering discussions we've had about the punisher in the past that uh, it could have been a really nice contrasting character to mm-hmm. to, to show because uh, unfortunately uh, the punisher actually does deal with you know common people a lot more frequently mm-hmm. than um, Captain America. It's just through this lens of trauma that is, yeah. you know, unaddressed and really terrible ways of, of oh, yeah. interacting with common people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, 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 obviously, uh, is a, a, a really wonderfully nuanced depiction of, of, uh, struggles and trauma and, and things like that of common uh the common people but uh captain america has an opportunity to add another perspective to what it means to address these issues in in a different approach right oh yeah and we've missed it
0: yeah yeah no um the the frank uh frank castle and daredevil and luke cage and you know jessica jones uh, and even Iron Fist, Danny Rand, to some extent, uh, deal with the common people, ground level kind of stuff. But they're also deeply traumatized characters who bring a lot of that grief to their yeah. uh, roles as as uh, vigilantes. And it would have been nice to have like someone who is hopeful and optimistic, but still familiar with the terrible things in life. To, you yeah, know, anyway. or,
1: or a representation of someone who doesn't doesn't necessarily have all that trauma Mm -hmm. who is trying to understand and facilitate and help and be an ally to people
0: who are dealing with that kind of trauma yeah yeah have an episode where Steve Rogers volunteers at a soup kitchen, but he's not the main character. The main character is actually the people who run the soup kitchen and, inter- and like, interact with the yeah. people. And this is just Steve, like, ladling out soup for most of the episode and, like, <laughs> fetching stuff from the kitchen. Like, a, you know, that that to me would have been, been really cool. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for stopping by the Office Hours. Uh, we appreciate it and hope to see you next week.